welcome to Las Doctoras podcast. Led by our intuition, we are creating space for conversations, asking critical questions, and interrogating the oppressive systems of power we live in. We are your hosts. I am Dr. Renee Limas, pronouns she, her, hers. I'm a Cancer sun and moon with Pisces rising, mother of water. I am Dr. Christina Rose, pronouns she, they, Virgo sun, Aquarius moon, Gemini rising, mother of earth. We are grounded in a connection to ancestral wisdom. Our work is to heal the wounds of generational trauma that is of white male and cis hetero supremacy, all while we create a way of being that celebrates, truly revels in the joy of our families and our community. Join us on our journey, not toward perfection, but into reflection, immersed in compassionate self-awareness and courageous action. Come, sit at our kitchen table, sip on some tequila with us, and let's change our world. Salud! Hello! Bienvenidos! Welcome to Las Doctoras Podcast. Again, we never know what episode we're in. I we're we're moving things something. around too, and and we this uh this fall has kind of moved some. We're moving episodes around, so it's hard to even tell where it's gonna it's gonna lie. But here we are in our fourth season, and fourth season, yeah. Oh, it's good to be here again. We've been just yeah. jamming on the podcast. We're ready, it. and as promised in this season, <laughs> we really wanted to um bring up a topic, and we have a guest here, and we'll let him introduce himself in a minute, but. Christine and I have been having behind the scenes conversation about masculinity for a really mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. And be- I think mm-hmm. particularly because we have boys and men partners and all that fun stuff that we were like, we really need to bring this conversation into the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but as always, you know, trepidation on how we do that um, in a way that pays <laughs> the topic justice, you know? So I also want to say, too, because we get identified, you know, with masculinity quite a lot or kind of um, and um, it's, a, so it's, a, it's a it is a conversation, you know, yeah. about ourselves, too, you know. So um, so here we have Benjamin Perez here, Perez, the a- AKA yeah, <laughs> on Instagram. And we are kind of like ooh, a celebrity tiktok is it is it just is it ig tiktok is it all of it it's all of it huh it's a little bit of both i would say um well thank you thank you so much for for the invitation and Mm -hmm. and for having this space for me to to share a little bit more of of masculinity you know which is something that i'm still navigating i'm going to continue navigating always no as a as a as a latino male as a as a son as a mm-hmm. husband and then hopefully future, you know, father. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, you heard it here first. Um, we, <laughs> we, we are expecting, we are expecting. Oh, congrats. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And, and, and yes, my name is Benjamin and I do have, my pronouns are he, his, him, el. And, um, and yeah, my social media is the handle is Perez Advisor, and it's mainly Instagram, but I've slowly been more, 
uh, intentional with TikTok and it's, it's it, on TikTok, you can grow so fast. Like you, one of your yeah. video can just get pushed out and boom, everyone just starts watching and following and that. And Instagram's a little bit much more challenging, not to mention the podcast world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely challenging with, with my own podcast, but I'm originally from Salinas, California, the good old 831, the salad <laughs> bowl. Um, <laughs> and then... And you yeah, were meant like my- to be a radio star. I can see that already. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, like my, my parents are immigrated from Mexico. So um, they, they moved to Salinas and that's where I was born. I have, um, I'm a brother. I have two, two, two brothers, one older, one younger. Um, a lot of cousins, you, you can imagine. Of course. And mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. I've been adapted or adopted to the, the Bay Area. So more mm-hmm. specifically, the South Bay, like I was telling y'all, like I'm, I live in San Jose and I work in higher education. I work in, in I would say, sec- post-secondary persistence type of work. I work mm-hmm. with students out of high school and helping them um, find what they want to do. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's hard for someone who's 17, 18, 19 years old to feel like, oh, is this my major? Is college the thing? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to help them navigate all those, <laughs> all those spaces and all those experiences that sometimes we have to navigate on our own, no? Mm-hmm, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm that person trying to help them, you know, get to the next point in their life, their goals. Yeah. But that, mm-hmm. once again, thank you so much for having me here. And I'm very, very excited to, to yeah. jump into this conversation. I wanted Gracias. to also, I wanted you to speak to a little bit about the work you do on Instagram and TikTok, because I think, I mean, that's how we found you. Mm-hmm. And in fact, um, we've had people who, when we'd said on our, a couple episodes ago when we said hey we want to talk about masculinity we talked to a man they actually suggested you (laughs) (laughs) some of our listeners and we were like yes we're already in contact so um so it means that your work is getting out there and Mm -hmm. yeah just what what's you know and we see a lot of the we resonate with a lot of your work so yeah just maybe talk about your intentions with that and yeah what it what it is that you do on instagram or on social media Thank you so much. Like I did forget to mention this now, but I think overall, like the social media thing has been a journey. I would say I started a year ago with just trying to, once again, be a resource for my students. And I'm like, ah, pandemic, what's going on? Mm. How do I continue to support my students? Even if I can't see them in person, even if the Mm -hmm. Zoom thing can be tiring because they're already in class, Mm -hmm. they're Uh they're using Canva, Canvas and all this kind of uh, type of support from school now and I'm like hmm what can I do I'm usually <laughs> using my social media and students follow me there but it's mainly like just pictures or like updates of college stuff I'm like ah, I guess that could be kind of boring but I started seeing a lot of people <clears throat> excuse me use social media and have Instagram lives I'm like okay people are having lives I mean on Facebook my tias go live all the time because <laughs> I love that and uh-huh. I'm like, okay, great. The Instagram, li- the Facebook live, great. Yes, maybe not Facebook. The, this generation doesn't really use Facebook as much. Uh-huh. Of course. Maybe, maybe Instagram. <laughs> I'm like, people are using Instagram to do makeup tutorials, to do these other things, mm. to do the, the thing that they're doing. No? And I'm like, well, let me do something uh-huh. educational. Let me do mm-hmm. an Instagram live series that talks about the college experience, that talks yeah. about just what does that mean for a person of color, for Latina, for Latino, Latinx, for et cetera, et cetera. So I'm like, yeah. okay, great. But what am I trying to do in this thing? So it's like, what is the purpose of this? I'm like, well, I'm, I help students to find your purpose. I'm like, yes, there it is. Ah. Boom. No, so that's why I called it find your purpose. I'm like, okay, great. That's the first start. But essentially my work in social media evolves and it's been evolving. 
it's been mm-hmm. evolving it was just mm-hmm. that focus I'm like great college 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 but then like I told you both I work with students who are not in college I'm mm-hmm. like, am I being inclusive I'm like great let's talk about other things career let's talk about uh just being you know first generation in anything being a latinx being a male being all these things i'm like all right cool what about topics that i'm also interested in such as my own experience like mental health things that i'm not Mm -hmm. are new to me things that i'm learning Mm -hmm. but also things that we have to unlearn and really unpack like machismo no Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. gender gender differences between uh the experience of a latino male versus a latina and Mm -hmm. and and then again, my own experiences with all that. So my social media essentially is a journey of my own uh, passion, but a journey of the things that I'm also unpacking and learning mm-hmm. and unlearning, such mm-hmm. as, like I said, machismo. And, and I, I would say it's, it's just like a little bit of poquito de todo. Mm-hmm. College, uh, mental health, uh, cultura, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. things that we have to unlearn and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just so much transparency yeah. about the simple, and, and, and at a very simple or mundane or like just like like level like how how you interact in the world and I I think the transparency really resonates right like that personal is so just resonates on like a bigger level I am so interested will you tell us your sun sign do you know <laughs> do you know your other information too it's <laughs> a total total random but I'm so interested are you a like- Capricorn Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say like, <laughs> like sign, but yes. Uh, well, another fun fact: this is, I uh, I am an October baby, so my oh. birthday was in October or is October 11th. So I'm oh, a li- I'm a Libra. happy birthday, Libra! Libra. Libra. My husband's a Libra. He just had his yes. birthday was yesterday, but my Libra. son too. He calls himself a zebra. My son, yeah, Libra, <laughs> zebra, yeah. Cool. I mean, not, not because I'm a Libra, but Libras, according to you know. <laughs> Walter Mercado. Walter Mercado. I was like, well, according to Walter Mercado. <laughs> we, we, we get along with everybody, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. That's, yeah, that totally makes and sense. And artistas, you know, like so many Libras are just like really creatives. I love it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for that question. <laughs> so I think we should just dive into yeah, it. Yeah. We want to so. talk about, I mean, I was like with Rene, I was like, I want to talk about toxic masculinity, machismo. And then I really want to just um, hear more of your story through the, through those, I think, through those conversations, if that's possible. That sounds strange. I want to talk about these really like heavy <laughs> topics. Yeah. But I, I, I'm, I love how you just speak with such um, power as well as such vulnerability, I think, is how I, I witness you um, in your social platforms. And I'm interested yeah. to see how that and connects I, through here. Yeah, and I think... You know, again, as women, we have our experiences of toxic masculinity on sometimes the receiving end, right, of of different things. And and like you said, unpacking, it's, you know, everything that you're saying is similar, I think, to the journey that we've had with this podcast in trying to talk about the things that we love and unpack the things that we're still working through. Um, And so, you know, all the time, we're still like, when we experience something, we're like, oh, this is a byproduct of toxic masculinity. And it's like a constant reminder of this is how um, it manifests, you know, in in our Mm. daily lives. But we also know that it impacts men, you know, even if men might be the perpetrators of toxic masculinity, you know, there's ways in which they're also impacted, um, you know, in all kinds of ways. And so I think just sort of starting there, like, what is your experience with toxic masculinity, both as, you know, a man in your family, 
and uh, in your community and yeah all the all the all the things no yeah i mean toxic <laughs> masculinity um it's there's there's a lot you know there's a lot of examples yeah. there's a lot of stories because i i've lived it as a person in in, in a family where there's a lot of primos uncles and my father and, and grandfather and all of them who obviously you know show it and i've also been the person who who's been who shows it as well you know mm -hmm. i've also been not the, not the victim but also like you said like the person who who hurts others because mm -hmm. of it um and and at the end of the day hurting myself with with mm -hmm. with with these actions so um i think overall like you know as a, as a latino um latino male from mexican mexican household like from even before you're born you already have all these expectations as a male Oh, like, it's un niño. He's going to be a soccer player. He's going to do all these things. All the men are excited. And all these expectations are already coming up. Mm -hmm. and, and growing up in, in, in a household like that, like, I was, like, the typical things, no, like, no, no seas llorón, no llores. No, mm -hmm. you, the mm -hmm. niñas are the ones that, that cry. The girls are crying. Boys don't cry. Men don't cry. Mm -hmm. So I, I was always, a, a, and I've always been an emotional person. You know, even when I'm watching a movie and it gets like, you know, when to that sad part, <laughs> you want to look away. You're like, oh, no. But I do. I'm like, snap. I don't want to cry. Ah. But I, I am. I do get emotion. I'm like, damn. But like, why am I so scared still to show that? Yeah. You know, and and it's because throughout my life, like I was kind of conditioned to to be like that. And and I'll, yeah, growing up, like I said, my parents had uh, they did what they were basically how they were raised. They, they did the things that they thought was the best thing. And sometimes whenever they would lose the patience, they would rely to what they, their parents did, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I don't, I don't, growing up, I was, I grew up with a lot of, I grew up being very scared. And then I grew up once I was a teenager, very angry. Um, mm -hmm. I was very mm -hmm. angry because of everything that I had witnessed, things that I had suffered and things that I just didn't know how to um, express. Mm -hmm. you know myself and I would get in trouble I would get in a lot of arguments with with my parents and with anyone who would try to show authority in 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 my life and not necessarily at school or in the community it was more with family mm -hmm. and um and so yeah like I would say that's that's something that still I'm, I'm packing on learning uh, because like at the end of the day like I said a lot of people I've lost friends or relationships because of these things but these are the things that one now as an older guy that I try to make changes in. Um, there's still a lot of people in my family, males in particular, sometimes I'm mujer as well, um, who are still kind of going to that default reaction mm -hmm. of like, no, that's not right. That's because uh, that's, that's how men are. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's how he is. Gendered yeah. roles. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, that's not. And maybe that's how he is, but that's not the right. That's not right. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm for me right now in my life what I'm trying to do is continue having what I told you both that my parents would, would lose is the patience now I'm, I'm trying to have patience with myself and whenever I get triggered mm -hmm. really understanding like what what triggered me and why did that trigger me for me to back like to not react with the whole talking masculinity to push people forward because for me like I said being hurt mm -hmm. um the automatic reaction of me is like use that toxic masculinity to defend mm -hmm. myself it's like a defense mechanism for me um it has always been and now it's more of like i need to have that patience in my life to be able to be more vulnerable to feel safe 
and then now people because they may hurt me i need to hurt them back a hundred thousand percent more no so it's like i said it's been a journey it's toxic masculinity has been there all my life and my and my i'm trying to dismantle that um and be the the model of that change in my family even if they mm-hmm. are against it at least they're seeing it mm-hmm. and i um porque i i contributed same thing with like nutrition in our in our culture in the mexican culture like food is everything you know like la comida you can eat birria all the beautiful food that sometimes affect our our, our, our health <laughs> right? the high blood pressure the cholesterol the diabetes that some my grandparents uncles etc they they experience and they suffer because of all the things that we 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 you know our our, our nutrition and stuff they go wow like what happens here so that I've, I've tried to be more intentional since I can remember like more than 10 years and like I always try to take care of myself eat salads even if I hate them and then like uh, <laughs> and, and try to be more intentional try to work out and try to all these things the physical stuff right so yeah, yeah. take care of myself and everyone's against it like oh like how are you not gonna eat tortillas with your food like look at this guy and then slowly now they're really- <laughs> I've influenced them because now they also try to like work out they'll try to eat clean they'll try to eat <laughs> less red meat so it has somehow by modeling they've mm-hmm. been more conscious of it and it I sounds like-, like you're like decolonizing you know your diet yeah. and, and your and your gen and your you know gender and sex in your family and i mean i think that's i really resonate with that right because yeah mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah I, I was um noting you know so much of what you're saying, I think, is is what we suspected, <laughs> right? Because we're always like, well, this is how we suspect, you know, where it's coming from and <laughs> naming things like trauma, right? The way. And mm-hmm. I love how you say um, the idea of the default reaction that we learn mm-hmm. from our parents, because for us as parents, and you'll quickly learn. <laughs> I know. Thinking about you as a father. A it's it, parenting is a true test of work that you think you've done work in your life. And then this little being stares back at you and starts really <laughs> testing you. And I, but I love how you give empathy for the idea of the default, right? That's mm-hmm. so important because I, uh, you know, and that, and, and then you talked about anger and the, and these reactions and how much work it requires to come away from that default to like try and do something different and again we have both experienced um how much work and effort that takes and then particularly within our family and so I think I'd like to hear more about when the shift happened for Mm. you like when you were like oh wait there's something deeper here going on how can I make a conscious effort to change and then um maybe even the shifts right yeah yeah I can imagine Mm -hmm. and then what was the reaction? I mean, you know, you've kind of alluded to their reaction, but, you know, I'm sure those first few times that you started to like model something different was, and I say that because we know what it's like to be the person in our family who starts calling things out and it's not received, you know, with open arms, <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah, to hear like where those shifts happened for you. Well, I do want to acknowledge first that, um, yes, a lot of the things and traumas are traumas of my father and my mother, you know, the traumas that they have that were passed down to us, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I know my grandmother who, you know, my grandpa's who occupied I know how, how they raised mm-hmm. my, my parents and then also maybe how they were raised, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's just like, I understand that some of those things, but one of the things I do want to acknowledge is that growing up, the way we grew up 
my father always instilled in us that we always had to help my mom. He always mm. would help my mom in terms of like, no, I'll heat, I'll stand up and heat up the next tortilla. Don't worry about mm. it. Or I'll do this or wash dishes. So he always instilled in us that we should help our mom and 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 do things different that in other households i would not see that you know mm-hmm. the man will sit on the table and he gets served mm-hmm. versus here my my dad would not that i'll serve today or i'll cook this or do this so mm-hmm. that was really something that i saw that i take with me and that i do today you know mm-hmm. after this conversation i'm gonna cook some chicken because my wife <laughs> is gonna come through and she's gonna be hungry and you know, <laughs> pregnant i don't want to get her <laughs> any, any stress other than her work yeah. Uh, but the, the the pivotal moment for me was in college for sure. In college, once I was a little mm-hmm. bit older, I took this one class at San Jose State University called um, Mex. It was during that time the the class was called Mexican American Studies. Like the department was called Mexican American Studies. Now it's called Chicano Chicana Chicanx Studies. Uh, but during that time, professor uh, professor his name is Professor Pizarro Marcos Pizarro. He took he was leading a class. Uh, I think it was Mexican American Studies one thirty five. And that class was about disenfranchised communities. What his vision with was um, that how can you go and help the community? Uh-huh. How can you go and try to make a difference in your community and, and, and all that kind of stuff? If you are carrying baggage, if you yourself are not healed. Mm. And then I'm like, because I like him, right? I'm like, this is a cool, he's a cool guy. Let me take this class. He's always just high to me and, you know, through, on campus. I'm like, yeah, I'll take his class. I sit there and it's like the, the seats a are circle. placed in a circle. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, love the I love the details. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I'm, like, I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe that's how it was from the previous class. So we sit down and he goes in, he does his thing. And then I'm like, oh, so this class is all about all the assignments. Every, every, every class session, someone has to go up or open up and share something of the assignments. And all the assignments were all about us. <laughs> So I'm writing about me. I'm writing about my experiences. I'm writing about my childhood. I'm writing about all these things. And I'm like, no, I don't want to share. I'm not going to share. Everyone. So there's like multiple weeks in the semester. Everyone at some point somehow was going to say something. And I always would stay quiet. I'm like, nope, not this weekend. Every time someone would share something, they would get emotional because they're sharing mm-hmm. something deep. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like a very emotional every time you would come out. And I'm like, I survived this one. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And it didn't happen to me. I, until the last day of class, I had to share because there was no other person to share with me. And I had to share about my baggage, which was my dad, you know, the relationship I had with my dad and how much that affected me, Mm. how much all these things affected me. And I was, you know, I said it there. I'm like to a bunch of people that at some point now we, I know their stories. I know part of their story and somehow they've impacted me. I feel safe, but I'm still uncomfortable because I've never really said this to anybody. I mean, I've had girlfriends during that time, you know, during high school, but I never really talked about that kind of stuff with them. I have friends and all that stuff, friends from soccer, friends from school, fraternity brothers. I don't talk up to them about none of this stuff. You know, I have family members, my brothers, but we don't talk about this stuff. So this is the first time I'm actually saying out loud something that Mm. I've kept in me since I was born, no? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, of course, I got emotional. Of course, I had a cried. It was like something after that class happened. That was the first time when I realized, damn, like, I forgive my father. I forgive <laughs> him. And I, and I gave him that letter, the thing that I wrote, because I had to write a letter to that person. So I wrote him a letter and I told him, te perdono, you know? And, and 
y te entiendo. Hopefully one day te voy a poder entender. And, and it was very powerful. I was like, damn, what the heck just happened? This crap. Yeah. <laughs> So that was the first moment. I'm really thankful for me. Like, I'm not much of a religious person. I'm Catholic by, by tradition, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not, like, fully, like, mm-hmm. oh, like, I'm uh, really into that. And I have, you know, respect to everybody who are. But it's, it hasn't been really been part of my life as much. Maybe one day, I don't know. But it's, I would say that class was the moment for me. You know, that class mm-hmm. was, like, every time I would go, it's like if I was going to El Sermon or if I was going to therapy yeah. or something, I don't know. But it really, really impacted me. And it really made me realize, you know what? I want to be able to be like Professor Pizarro and provide a space for my students and for others to share their stories, too. Mm. That's, that's been such a powerful thing for me. So that was the first one, you know, the, an academic setting. And you were mm-hmm. a first year, a first year student at that time. No, I was a transfer student. I was, mm. I think it was the last semester before graduation for my bachelor's. Wow, wow. Mm. you're making me feel great about my assignments <laughs> in my class, and I'm also, but I'm realizing that maybe for some students, it is the very first time they've been asked to have mm-hmm. that mm. a conversation with themselves about power structures. So, so much. Wow. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. And I know Renee and I have both a story with a professor just mm-hmm. like that, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so this is why we're it's that it's that in our field, you know, to be it's the that sitting in the classroom and you're like, I want to be like that. Like that. <laughs> yeah. And not because of, of ego, but because of you see the impact you're having, and you're like, I want to make sure that I can give back in that way. And also if you know the next generation needs that as well. Um yeah, for sure. Ugh, yeah, that's no, such an amazing yes. story. Heck yes. Um, for me, my, as a first generation student, um, mm-hmm. there was always a lack of mentors. No, I never really had mentors. Um, not, and I didn't know how to look for them either. And again, like for me, being a male and like not showing for me, showing asking for help was like a pride thing. Like, nah, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't know how, and I didn't sometimes want to do it. So that's mm-hmm. like, who do, who do I talk to about these things? And, and like you mentioned, some professors who took me under their wing and saw something in me and told me, and they were the ones that looked like me in my high school and everything. The only ones that looked like me were the Spanish teachers. So they were the ones mm-hmm. that really make a difference in, in my life. Right. So I was like, damn, like you said, I, I want to be like, like Professor Abaca Flor. I want to be like Professor Mendes. I want to be like Professor uh, Marcos Pizarro um because you know they they understand me they listen to me they they get me you know mm-hmm. and um talk about ceremony i just feel like you just the naming them have made it you know have kind of created that space for them here you know that gratitude i love it i i like to say like i saw this on tiktok and i love that like we are a mosaic of the people that we encounter in life and yeah. for me i'm always going to be grateful for those people that that you know provided that support for me and gave me even if it was just like, you got this and I always remember them. So I like to name them. Not like you said, and I really mm-hmm. uh, like to honor them. And I also remember the people that were not good to me. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit of, of, of me as well. Like, some poco rencoroso. No, but I won't forget. I won't it's, forget. A, it's a Libra. I, I feel that. I feel I'll that. Forget, but I won't forget. <laughs> I, 100%. That's what I tell yeah. people. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll look past it, but I'm not going to. I got my eye on. on uh-huh. That's the is- Salinas in me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I always say. I'm like, look, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm I was. I grew up in Pico Rivera and I'm like, look, at the end of the day, I'm still a Pico girl at heart. Uh Please don't mess with me. (laughs) 
I'll be nice to a point and then you know um, oh, I, love like, yeah, I, I love that story and I think um yeah I'd like to hear how you know because again mm. and, and I will I want to share my experience a few things is um I think and this is why this is such an important conversation for us so you know I teach we both teach gender studies. I've taught in Chicano, Chicana studies departments before. And for whatever reason, in my experience, the people that I feel the most misogyny from is often Latino men. Um, I mean, I've had them like walk out of my class because wow. they didn't like me saying things about <laughs> toxic, about machismo and about, you know, all these like underlying dynamics. Um, and um, and then even the, the men in my own family, when I start to have these mm-hmm. conversations, they they feel very challenged mm-hmm. and it just it kind of becomes this this heated discussion, you know, mm-hmm. to say the least. Um, and so it's it's just hard. It's just hard to continuously like go into those spaces and and challenge, you know, the status quo. And so, mm-hmm. you know, again, you alluding to to that with your family. And I mean, what did that look like for you to begin to you know, after you're sort of challenging your own vulnerability, go into your family and do that. And what did that look like? And what was what was the reaction? Well, after feeling a little bit empowered by some of the classes that I would be taking on you know, understanding, <laughs> <laughs> learning about Catholicism, right? Mm-hmm. Learning about I took a class about um, I forgot the title of it, but it was Mexican-American study, something, something, something. But it was w- women, something. Mm-hmm. Marianismo or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we learned about La Virgen de Guadalupe. Mm-hmm. We learned about mm-hmm. the idea of La Quisinera. We learned about all these things that we see as <laughs> tradition. Uh, but where did that come from? And, and like, it was obviously very uh, focused on, on La Mujer. Um, and I was like, wow, you know, like all these things make a lot of sense to me. And um, I mean, being a person who came out in a bunch of quinceañeras and all this is a really like, ah, I'm connecting. But I think overall, once I started really understanding a little bit, that's why I tell my students, it's important for us to, we here in the United States, we mm-hmm. grew up and we have to learn the, the history of what was told here. The, the people that write the history books in this country, we have to learn that history. The U.S. history, the pilgrims and this and that, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, great, that's the U.S. history. But we don't get to hear this, the history of African-Americans. or We don't get to hear the history of Chicanos and or, uh, Latinos here in the United States, not to mention the history of where our parents came from. Mm-hmm. We have to seek for those at some point. We mm-hmm. can graduate college. We can graduate college and never hear nothing about who was who and what, what was what mm-hmm. from our, our culture. So I really uh, tell people to take courses or learn the history of, of our gente. Um, mm. so we can, and, and the good things, not the good things, um, such as this, right? This is not such a good. So when I started really learning these things, I was like, you know what? And I've always been a person who is feels like I feel like I've been I'm always different than I, I was the first one in my family to bring tats. I was the first one in my family. Who had <laughs> Me too. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember those conversations where I was like, again, bringing, mm. bringing earrings. Yeah. Family members are like, you know, like, are you <laughs> X, Y, and Z? Like, mm. are you this? Or like, who are you? That's a, that's a woman thing. And I'm uh. like, well, not really. You know, Daddy Yankee has them and I listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> I love that's the reference. Like, yeah. Yeah. Who? Who? yeah, like who? You know, the big boss. But when I, like, when I started taking those classes and really feeling like, you know what? wow like all my life i've been living this lie like all my life i've been following this the norm that's not right following these things that i'm not in favor of them like i've always been i always like to call out bs when i see it and that's what got me in trouble all the time 
So like, yeah, when I started feeling and feeling more empowered by these things at home, whenever I will see things that I wasn't in, in favor of it, either I would get pissed off, or I would call that out and I would mm-hmm. get in trouble because it wasn't the right way to do it. You know, we're talking about something that's been engraved in everyone's mm-hmm. in some of these guys, family members' minds. Like I said, they sometimes they don't even realize that that's mm-hmm. what's triggering their thing. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So, for example, give you an example. There was this one conversation and there was obviously alcohol involved, right? Which always elevates things. Mm-hmm. And this, this one guy who's a family friend was, I think they were talking about like las hijas and versus los hijos. Who would you want to have? Would you want to have a, a daughter or a boy? Mm. And, and this guy was saying, oh, yo, yo quiero just tener keep one. waiting. Just keep waiting for more of those conversations. <laughs> yeah. They're coming. But yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, they ask me all the time, well, what would you want to have? I'm like, I don't know. You know, like, I don't know. And I'm like, I would want to have boy or girl. It doesn't matter. But I'm like, you know what? I would want to have a girl deep down. They're like, why? Because I'm going to empower this girl. Like, <laughs> mm, you know, she's going to be a like, an, like everything that's yes. But if it's a boy, I'm like, bitch. I'm going to also change mm-hmm. things, you know, change, make him see the world differently. Kind of like how I'm seeing it now. The things that I realized later on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we had that conversation with that guy. Right. And and he was saying, I want to have a boy because women are x this and this and this and i was like i was sitting on the end of the table and i'm like let me get closer and then i <laughs> the conversation went up to having boyfriends and girlfriends it had led to that point by the time he got to that point i'm already at the table close to him and he started saying that que el hombre guys could have girlfriends as many as they want but girls are not ready and shouldn't be having boyfriends uh-huh. or whatever because you know he very machista right very very and i t- and i kept telling him like how is that different though? What, what's your excuse? How is it different de que el hombre es diferente a la mujer? And he's like, es que no son lo mismo. And I'm like, mm-hmm. de, que, de que hablas? Is it because la mujer se puede embarazar el hombre? No, is that what you're saying? Is that where you come? So like we had a really heated conversation and like, a, like I told you, we had alcohol in, in our systems, but it's those mentalities that we still see today. It's those mentalities that sometimes I see family members in my wife's family or my family and I may not say much because I don't want to now as an older guy, like I said, I don't want to argue with people because I know if I get triggered, I'm going to lose it and really like, boom, like this is not right. But I, I just kind of whenever I'm like, I'm going to either if I have to go and pick my battles, I'll pick my battle. But mm-hmm. I think of anything, I have to just really uh, reflect on, on myself, have patience, like I said, and then whenever the time is right, I have those conversations with people that I feel like one-on-one, because if, if I try to challenge my father or my suegros or my brother's manhood, right. In front mm-hmm. of people, it's not going to get anywhere. But if we mm-hmm. try to have these conversations one-to-one, I feel like maybe the, it, it could, it could lead to something much more positive. At least they'll listen to me, but I, I definitely, I have seen that um, in, in that class that I told you that I took, there was a women's studies uh, class for the Chicano studies department. Um, I think it was like two or three guys only in there. And that was one of them. Huh? And mm-hmm. everyone was, was Latina, Latina or, or women in, in, in general. So it's, it's, it's those things. Like I said, this, the mentalities and that are still here. One of mm-hmm. my cousins, he has a, um, her, his daughter is already in college, but during the time she was a senior or junior, actually, um, they were applying for colleges. So looking for college to see where they're going to go. And I was talking to her because he told me, can you talk to my daughter? Because like I do this type of work. I'm like, yeah, this and that. And she was telling me that she wanted to go, you know, move away and like go mm. to college. She had great grades. I'm like, wow, you it's like we'll get accepted. Well, we came now to senior year when they're actually applying to colleges and I'm, and I'm meeting with her. And then she's like, well, my dad doesn't want me to go anywhere but to the local college here because he says that I'm not ready. 
And I'm like, ah, let me talk to your dad. <laughs> but, I, but I spoke to my cousin. I told him, hey, hey, Kionda, like this and this. But like, I think she'll be great. And then I couldn't, I couldn't get into his mind. He said, mm. she's not ready. I'm like, I didn't want to argue with him. Right. So I was just like, oh, okay, I'm just, I was going to treat him like any other parent that I would work with. Right. Mm. I didn't want to, I didn't want to like tell him, no, skip to study in way. So not none of that. So. I was like, no, well, okay, cool. No, I understand. But just know that uh, I just wanted to know his reasoning, where he's coming from. Like, all right, cool. You know, I, I respect it. Then at the end of the day, I don't know what it is to be to be a father, to a daughter, <laughs> but I know where his instinct was coming from. Yeah. That she's not ready, that she's this, she doesn't have street cred or street hood. She's not hood enough to take care of herself. And now I'm like, you're missing the biggest piece here. You just simply don't trust your daughter. You know, miedo mm. too. To, to, to manhood is preventing you from trusting. This is a you thing, not a her thing. You know, mm-hmm. you have the problem here. So, but again, I didn't want to have that conversation with him because I don't want to break bridges here. So yes, uh, his, his, his daughter, my cousin, or my niece, I guess, she goes to the uh, four-year close to home, which is UCMB. Um, she she oh. attends there and, and, you know, she's, she's there. And I'm yeah. like, damn, you know, um, so there's, there's moments like those that sometimes, like I said, I, I've learned to pick my battles and I've yeah. learned to have, to have like, you know, well, like was, I can't, I can't really uh, speak on some things. I'll just kind of step aside, yeah. unfortunately, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I appreciate the honesty. Um, and I definitely hear as, as we get older, I'm the same way as I get older. I'm like, oh, I'm too tired to argue with people. So I, I say discernment, you know, like, and I, and I love how you said, um, cause I think that's something important for us to hear. Christina, you said, you know, when you have conversations with other men in front of a group of men, you're challenging their manhood versus maybe having, um, more, chances if you were uh just one-on-one i think that's a that's a really key thing I, at least i was like oh that makes sense that's why at those family holiday parties or any family gatherings it's not a good time no. to bring up, especially <laughs> yeah. after alcohol <laughs> yeah, that, no no but no, that's uh, mm. yeah no i appreciate you he- saying that because i think that that is something that you know we come up against is how do we how do we how do we do that? How do we do that in a way that we can really get to, like you said, get people to understand? And then at some point when people are just never going to understand, you have to, yeah, you have to just let it go. And you have to be like, it's it's a way, it's um it's more hurt hurting me to keep, you know, fight a losing battle. Um, where my energy's going, making sure I keep it back, you know, it comes back to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, especially with those people that we really care about. No, like, like I said, like for uh, family members or for parents or for fathers, etc. Like, uh, I'll just pick my battle. No, like, unless it's like really something so dream- like intense, right? Someone's like getting, they're gonna get like physical, or, like he, yeah. the male is like really, really out there. Then I'll I'll step in, but um, not make it worse. You know, just step in and be like, hey, relax, this and that, and talk to that person the next day until after they're heated, mm-hmm. after the heat goes away. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's talk about yesterday. <laughs> you know, um, I, I come like because I know people have done that in my life. You know, like, talking about mm. the, the previous question that you mentioned, when have I had these moments? That the college one was one, but then the other moment has been my my wife. You know, my wife has taught me that um, their family, for example, even her father, who is very much machista type of male, um, they are very uh, allowed to show their emotion. They're crying all the time. 
you know and i'm like even for a birthday <laughs> card i'm like damn you know like what am i what the, what am i doing here so in my house we don't we don't show emotion we don't show like it's like uh-uh, that's a, something like we'll care for each other we're down for each other we'll, we love each other but we we never were raised like that right and and i get mm. being an emotional person coming from a space where i have to act and, and shut that down and hide it that hide it away going to a household now family that that's okay to do i'm like yo <laughs> that's too much for me <laughs> But my, my wife and her family have shown me that even shedding a tear or showing how you feel, it's not a bad thing. Al contrario, they want you to do it. Like, yes, why didn't you, why didn't you cry it on the birthday card we wrote to you? Everybody cries here. <laughs> I'm like, damn, like, I'm not used to it. But, I mean, they've made me cry. Did now. you not like it? You didn't like the card, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, well, you need to put more, you know, more, more effort. No, but I... I I think I think overall, like they've shown me that it's okay to be vulnerable. No, they've shown me not just me. Now that they've also met my family, my parents, they've also showed them that it's okay to, to to be vulnerable. That no, you're not you're not gonna mm. get hurt by being by being vulnerable. Mm. You are hurting yourself by keeping everything inside. Because one day, just like me, multiple times in my life, whenever I've kept all this inside, I just exploded one day. Mm. I would explode because whenever I was like, Do you know what? Boom! Something got triggered, and then I will let everything out, yeah. and and that's that does that's not healthy at all. That's not yeah. healthy for you and for the persons around you, know, because all we do, like I said, is hurt ourselves and the people that, that love us, essentially. So, um, yeah. So, kudos and shout out to my wife and her family, los los, <laughs> los crazy Olveras over there in in in, in the seven oh seven, and that's in wine country, by the way. Um, but. You know, the, the funny thing, like you mentioned, and, and um, speaking to men one-on-one, I started really noticing this because as a brother of a fraternity, I became president of the fraternity that, um, that I'm part of. And um, <clears throat> as president, you know, we have all these responsibilities and et cetera. But the funny thing is that each brother at times would come to me, by my, like individually, mm-hmm. at some point, or text me or call me because they wanted to talk about something that they couldn't talk in front of everybody so they, they would try to like connect me either with relationship stuff or if it because they were doubting like college or they have family things going on but they would come to me individually I don't know because I was president I don't know because they feel safe with me mm-hmm. or because all that but I started I mean yeah I'm not gonna tell nobody I can't don't tell nobody I'm like no 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 I, I won't tell no one right so that was their fear that I was going to mm-hmm. say to the rest of the bros this is what this guy's experiencing and now I'm, I'm uh, kind of like moving away from his trust so like I started realizing that and I'm like wow like what works with me what well I works with me also when this and this and this I'm like yeah yeah okay so I slowly started realizing all those things like mm. how men are afraid to show he could have easily we could have done like a like a brother circle and he could have shared that in front of her but he, they they wouldn't feel safe because mm. of, of being teased or showing emotion or being vulnerable because that's the thing that we don't do you know, so I think it's something that it's, it's like I said, it's from as a child. Um, mm-hmm. If we are allowed to have the space, like, it's okay, tú, you don't know. If we're crying, because kids cry, right? If the kids mm-hmm. cry, like, oh, no te preocupes, está bien. Tú suelta lo que tienes que soltar. Dime que mm-hmm. Tell mm-hmm. me what you're feeling. Versus boys don't cry. What the heck are you doing? Like, that's no, los nombres yeah. no lloran. Los niños no tienen que llorar. Tú no eres niña. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's a, 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 an important step to take because a lot of these guys, like I said, and, and myself, we were taught not to, you know, and, and like yeah. I said, my, my wife's family, they are allowed to, that it's an important thing, that it's okay 
and 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 yeah so like that's that's something that i started realizing as a, a person working with a lot of latino men yeah brings me to a question um and i know our time is kind of coming to an end soon but you know and i think you kind of answered about but but what's your you know we have ch children who love to be boys and they're <laughs> so excited about that and we're trying to create space for their feelings and you've done all this work and you're going to be having a child do you have thoughts about already the language that you'll be using um what yeah what's your prep for that <laughs> do you have any insight you know for us uh, i guess i that's, i don't know how to ask this question exactly yeah. but does that resonate well no i'm not ready <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding no i feel like i obviously there's gonna be things that i'm gonna be learning now along the way and, and and just, again, the patience, you know, because I, I think that mm. uh, seeing my brother, he's a father and seeing other people who are parents, like kids, like you said, will challenge you and will not listen to you or will or cry whenever you're at a restaurant, all these things. <laughs> uh, they'll also remind you of you when you were two mm -hmm. and three and four. And that is the, that's, that's the yeah. room right there. They're, they're a mirror yeah. for you, for sure. Yes, yes. And I would like I said, I'm an emotional person. So I, I was a crybaby as, as a baby. Um, <laughs> but I think I think overall what I would want to do with with, and, you know, if it's a boy um, that I feel like it's important based on my experience and the things that I've that I've been doing is, is like like I like I told you, like to to show um, to model that. Right. I'm not going to tell my boy, oh, it's OK to show emotion. I'm never showing it. You know, like mm. it, it's, it's okay to do this, but I'm over here is like very dry. Um, and no, 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 I think it's definitely modeling that change and telling, empowering the, the, you know, the son, the boy to, to do the same. Cause they, they're, they're sponges, right? They're going to look at us and emulate us. Mm -hmm. um, you mm -hmm. know how it is like, they'll, you give them a phone and they'll learn it like that. You give them <laughs> this, you give it like that. So it's just like modeling, providing this and having those conversations of, of, um, uh, having those, those dialogue, how, actually talking to your son, you know, mm. like, te how did you feel with this? Like, how, what, what are your, what are your thoughts? And, and just maybe allow them to write, once they start writing, you know, mm -hmm. like having them to write it or draw it, uh, que lo que sientes and, and, and having a notebook or, or dibujarlo. Um, I don't know. It's just like, so, I would say that's the start for, in, in my yeah. opinion, I haven't thought about it much forward, <laughs> but I think I will definitely take a lot of the positive things that my dad has had, you know, that he taught us, like breaking those gender norms, like yeah. um, not mm -hmm. that only boys get to do this and girls get to do that. So if, if, if I do have a daughter, she's going to be doing anything and everything that boys get to do, you know, she's going to go to the wrestling because I love wrestling. She's going to go to the wrestling shows. Lucha libre. <laughs> she's gonna go to the soccer games the football games not just because it's yeah. a boy he's the only one that gets to no, no. Mm -hmm. um, same thing like if if my wife or i'm cooking the boy can come and help me cook mm -hmm. help me like it's a tomato we're gonna cook today you know mm -hmm. da, da, da. it's not just a girl part of the house mm -hmm. um so it's just breaking the gender norms but i would think it's important for the 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 emotion and and giving them that power to speak their voice no um, yeah. even if sometimes they're going to challenge us, right. They're going to challenge mm -hmm. us. Like, you told me to speak my voice. I'm right. <laughs> no. Oh, they, they will throw it back on you. No, <laughs> instantly, instantly. I mean, I, I, I appreciate you saying the idea of modeling. Cause I think that's, 
I mean, that's the key for kids, definitely. Uh, I know. Um, but I also feel like you model it for other men as well, right? And even saying that you're that person that your fraternity brothers were going to, yeah, you were a safe place. I'm sure that was what it was. And and um, and I think that's the I think that's the thing I'm always like, we need men to not just say it but to mm, actually mm-hmm. model it. And of course we know it's difficult. I mean, we've always said patriarchy harms boys and men mm-hmm. as it harms girls and women and, you know, all, all genders. And, um, but I, I appreciate that model. And I just, you know, as we wrap up here, you give me hope. <laughs> you give me so much hope mm-hmm. because I think, you know, we've been doing this for a really long time and we, and, and sometimes I think, oh, things are changing, we're good. And then I'll get that man in my class that says some, <laughs> something and I'm like, oh, it's still there, right? It's, oh, still, it it's still there. And so we still have a lot of work to do. But um, to know that, because I think that's the other thing we're like, so where, where are all these like woke men? Where's the, <laughs> you know, where's the, the men that can, can, that can have this, this conversation? And it's unfortunately they're there but it's not as common and so mm-hmm. it gives me i think it gives us great hope mm-hmm. when you're able you know when there's people who are able to talk like this well i appreciate it i appreciate it you know i've always been my parents always categorized me as the rebel of the family when i was <laughs> when i was growing up and i was like yeah i'll take it and the reason yeah. is because like i said I, I was i was always trying to challenge the things that mm-hmm. were were not right and i've always been that kind of person and like I said, today I did an Instagram reel that says, um, because if you're a man and you clean and you cook, then you're considered a mandilon. You know, the like, oh, you're this, like you're a mandilon, like be, you're basically like very feminine, etc. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I am. But I, but I do, I, I do these things that you're too afraid to do. Mm. you're too afraid to do this because of what if other men gonna say about you mm. now what are other people in the family gonna say about you like no i don't care i'll, I'll say it loud and proud yeah i cook i clean i wash dishes i do this and my wife does other things too you know mm-hmm. she takes the car for an oil change whenever it's the time they need it i'll take it whenever it's my turn like it's more like it's not something and men shouldn't be praised because they they cook and clean like, oh my god what a man you know what a man like no it's something that we've always should have been doing you know, mm-hmm. like if a woman doesn't cook and clean as as, as she as like Ooh. like she's not a woman. You know, oh my God, can mm-hmm. move is webon as roja. Like <laughs> no, like we're a partnership here. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and she's you know doing what she's she got to do. Like we're making this work, and I think this is that's the mentality we got to change. You know, mm-hmm. um, but I always like to say this because I do. I'm learning a lot about anti-blackness, and I'm learning a lot about uh, yeah. white privilege, and I'm learning a lot about unlearning some of these things and how anti-black mm-hmm. is rooted in our minds and sometimes our biases and our um yeah our biases sometimes the Language. way we react yeah the way yeah. that we mm-hmm. react to things we don't even know that it's rooted on something else right mm-hmm. so i'm like okay so if i'm doing all this work for anti-blackness which i completely agree let me take some of that uh tactics and use it on things that i feel like in our culture we need to healed and removed away from such as machismo and i say this there's a, always been a lot of so many women leaders throughout the history of anywhere right specifically latino america and obviously here in the u.s and they've done so much and what what are all the marches and everything for the right of vote for the right to do this for the all these things 
But when I look at Mexico and I look at other cultures and other co- countries, it's still not enough. We're still seeing all these men leading things and women might win a little battle, but might lose one here. And I still see it in the families and the culture and et cetera. And I'm like, if we, if women continue asking for all these things and fighting for the change, just like people of color and the black community fights for all these things. But if the white person or the Latino male doesn't believe in it, it's not going to change. So I feel like it needs mm. to come from us, you know, yeah. so for me as a man, it needs to come from within me. Just like mm-hmm. other men needs to also change so we can also be part of that change. Because, you know, my, my, like if I was a really machista guy, my wife would, we have the battles and she'll tell me, es que tu eres esto, and I'm like, ah, whatever, we have it, but I'm not going to change. Nothing's going to change. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing's going to change, unfortunately, because I don't want to change. And unfortunately, El Hombre has had that power for so long. Like, no, stop, stop. Bro. We need to look at everything. You know, we all have a mom. You know, you you were cool with your dad being the way he was to your mom? No, then why are you being like that to your daughter's wife? You know, like so I saw in my my family, I'm like, I wasn't in favor of it. I challenged it and I and now I understand it. And I and I have like said I um I've forgiven him and he's changed and I'm being mm-hmm. the, the model of that change for my generation and then for the next one. You know, um, like I said, my father is not a bad person. He's an amazing, hardworking man. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, you know, I love him to death. Mm-hmm. And I know that his battles, his struggles are traumas that have come mm-hmm. generation to generation. You know, mm-hmm. I know he fought him. He fought him a lot. And sometimes he, 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 he was, you know, victim of it too. And all these things. So we need to change. And it starts in us. You know, it starts with us. I think we just celebrate, you know, um, your work for justice at that really intimate level and like in your community and in your family. I think that work is um, just deserves like just so much praise. Thank you so much for being on this podcast and for just sharing, sharing your story. Yeah. I mean, we can talk forever (laughs) about this, Um, but we do want to give a chance for you to just um, let everybody know where they can find you um any any events you have coming up whatever you want to share yes you can find me on this uh i'm just kidding no so you can find me on this street over here (laughs) i'll be posted i'm just kidding no 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 um you can find me on instagram or on tiktok on on facebook i do have a like page as well but essentially the heart of my work you'll see it on on instagram um Mm. which is Perez at Perez the advisor i have my instagram series called find your purpose and I've been mm. collaborating with other people for mini series, such as the one that I had hosted yesterday, co-hosting yesterday called Dear First Gen. So space for specifically mm-hmm. to talk about what does that mean? And then I also have a podcast called Latinx Greek Lies to highlight and elevate the stories of Latinos, Latinx folks who are part of the Greek, Greek mm-hmm. life system and what has impacted, how that has impacted their lives until today so i'm talking to like founders of organizations i'm talking to national presidents i'm talking to mm-hmm. teachers professors etc cetera, etc cetera, who are proud members of a fraternity sorority within the greek life world and and what else i also lead the the be real segment series for be latina news um, mm. so like I, we get to talk about um, a little bit more of intentional topics with the guests that i have 
And what else? I mean, that's, I think that was that. You're doing a lot. You're doing a I lot. Know, you are doing a lot. I'm looking forward to some reels about being a parent, you know, that, that popping up soon. I'm going to. Once that happens, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll, I mean, that'll definitely be another layer for you. But congratulations on, on the, yeah, on the baby coming. And yes, again, we're just so grateful to have you having this conversation with us. I think, um, yeah, again, it's just, it brings us a lot of hope and a lot of, I think a lot of things to, to really think about, you know, and, mm-hmm. and yeah. And how we can even approach our own children, you know, who, who like Christina said, are very clear that they are boys <laughs> and uh, yeah. So there's a lot to be, you know, a lot to do and, there, but I, again, appreciate also so too. much emotion too. So oh, much the emotion. emotion. Oh yeah. So much. Mm-hmm. But the modeling is just, that's the, that's the key part, you know? And yeah. like you, I love when you say we got to do it. I was just, I was just in a lecture this morning and telling men, you know, women have been fighting the good fight for a long time. It's, it's, the onus should not be on us. Mm-hmm. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta step up. Y'all gotta do your part. Y'all gotta hold each other accountable. And because like you said, if, if not, our, our fight will continue to, you know, will it'll be much more challenging if we don't have those real true, you know, allies as we call them, but no, no. Yeah. Thank you both. And just quick piggyback on what you said, like my wife works out of middle school. Right. And, and she told me, Hey, um, I have like couple of like three Latino male students who, who keep acting a certain way, like the mm. behavior wise, like, like you said, very like, Oh, I'm a guy and like cussing and I'm doing all these things and like being, being inappropriate. And she's like, what can I do with them? And I was like, well, I'm not an expert in middle school kids, but I can tell you, how about you do this? How about you give them an assignment for them to write out who are important in their lives? Who are the important in their life and what do they value? Like what's important? Like what do they value? They value family? Do they value friends, et cetera? Mm. And who are those important figures in their life, right? Like mom, dad, et cetera. And I'm like, okay, have them reflect and tell them to say why. Why are they important in their life? So they, they wrote it down, right? Da, 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 da. And, then they, and then I told her after they write that down and they share, share actually to the rest of the, 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 the class who they are important, well, not class, but the rest of the other students who have been behaving like that. Um, after that, when they all share, you tell them, okay, every time you act this way, you are, do you feel like you're representing and you, what mm. the people that you just mentioned are very important in your life? Do you feel like mm. that represents who, like them? So for any men out there, every time we act very, with our talk and toxic masculinity, are we also reflecting the values that our parents instilled in us? Are we reflecting on my mom, my dad, man, everybody else who we care for so much? I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. we are going against all the values that we had, that, that uh, all the things that we stand for, no, and all the things that we care for. Um, at least that's my point of view. Again, I'm not an expert in all these things. It's just me sharing my story. Mm-hmm. And no, by no means am I perfect. Heck no. I always make mistakes. And, and that's, the, that's the thing about life. We're going to continue growing and learning. It's never mm-hmm. going to be, okay, I'm done now. I've learned <laughs> everything. And yeah. I know today was about machismo, but like we're – for me, machismo has also affected my mental health, no? A lot. Yeah. So that, that could be a part two at some point. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. but no, but thank you both so much for, for sharing and providing me this space for me to come in and share a little bit about my vida complicada, but beautiful. <laughs> thank I you think. so much, Benjamin. Mm. Thank you all. The gifts of imperfection right here. We're here. It's wonderful. Thank you.